You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle, and today I want to talk about the difference between healing from betrayal and true transformation, because they're really very different things. And my intent with this show is to help you get clear on what it is that you really want to do. Because unless and until you're clear on what it is you want to do, pretty much you're not going to know how to get there. So you have been betrayed. (laughs) You, like me, have faced infidelity and it really freaking stinks. And I'm sorry. So here's the question, though. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? I like to say that betrayal uncovers the truth. It uncovers the truth about the person who betrayed you, about the situation that you've been living in, like me, for a long, long period of time. But most importantly, it uncovers the truth of your heart. It uncovers the things that you've been tolerating and putting up with for a long period of time. It uncovers your own wounds, your unmet expectations and dreams and desires. It uncovers everything about you. And that is what matters. What the other person did or didn't do really is of no consequence to you. And I know that's really, really hard to wrap your brain around, but When somebody does something horrible to you, that's when you have a choice. Do I focus on them and the horrible act? Or do I focus on me and my own transformation? And it's my hope that you focus on yourself and your own transformation. First of all, because that's the only thing you can control. You can't control what another person does or doesn't do, but also because this is your life. You get one life, you're here now, and you get to choose how you want to live it. And betrayal is such an invitation. It's such an invitation to look at all of those things that you've been tolerating and to be like, oh, whoa, I have really let things slide. I have really put up. I've really settled. I've really gotten away from who I am. And now is my time to come back home to myself, to uncover my own dreams again, to get back in touch with me and to start living my life for me based on who I am and what is meaningful to me. And that, my friend, is transformation. 
It's not just healing from the wound and going on doing things the way that you've always done things. It's not healing from, it's like, think about it like this. Because chances are, if you're like most people, you've lost weight before. And if you've like most people, you've gained that weight back. So then it kind of begs the question, why lose the weight if I'm not going to do what it takes to sustain a new me? Why get in shape if I'm not going to do what I need to do to sustain the new me and to keep keep myself in shape? Why get a beautiful education or to learn a new skill if I'm never going to use it? It's that using of the thing that you are attaining that matters. You can set boundaries in your head all day, but unless you communicate them and then back them up, it doesn't matter. You can, whatever it is, pray, think, learn, read, but unless you put that knowledge into action, nothing changes. And that's what I really want to focus on today is let's let's create change. Let's create transformation. Let's not just patch it up and go back to our old life, putting up with the same things we've put up with forever, settling for less, biting our tongues, dimming our light, and not leaning into the fullest expression of our potential and who we are and what we want. Let's transform and let's go for it. And when you think about infidelity or betrayal in that regard, it actually becomes pretty darn exciting. Because it's not about healing and coming back to who you were. It's about, bam, I am creating something new. I am creating something different and powerful and authentically me. And that is truly the beauty of betrayal. And yeah, that's a big mindset shift there. But what a gift you have been given. What a gift you have been given of having the rug pulled out from under you and have your entire identity shattered. Your self-worth smashed. Your life turned upside down. That is such a huge gift because now you have the ability to transform and to do things differently. Now, I know you're scared. I know on the one hand, you can be like, yeah, rah, rah, shake those pom-poms. You got it, Laura. And on the other hand, you're probably like, oh my God, I'm terrified. (laughs) And I just want to say that's okay. You're normal to feel that way. That is entirely normal. Change is hard. We, as self-preserving organisms, fear change, even positive change, because our bodies, our nervous systems are wired to keep us safe. And as long as you're alive, you are safe. Even if you're alive in a really bad situation, your body, your nervous system will be like, we are safe. We have survived this abuse before. We have tolerated this before and we are safe. 
And to a certain extent, that's true. But I don't know about you. The way I want to live is not just safe. I want to live a glorious, full, rich existence. I want to love hard. I want to fulfill my purpose. I want to feel passionately and deeply about causes and people and things. I want to eat yummy food. I want to experience amazing things. I want to smell flowers. I want to do all the things. And I want to lean into all the things. I don't just want to survive. I don't want to look back on my life and be like, yeah, it was okay enough, I guess. I want to look back in my life and be like, wow, that was awesome. There were some really bad times, but oh my gosh, I got to experience and feel. I got to love and I got to learn. And I want those experiences. And you might want a rich, full life too, or you might be like, no, I just want Netflix and a couch. And that's okay. You get what you want. You get to create your own life. That's the point. But that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about transformation. What is the gap between how you want to be, what you want your life to be like, how you want to feel, what you want to experience, and where you're at now? And not only where you're at now, but where have you been? Were you living life up to your fullest, grandest potential? Were you leaning into the full vision of who you are? Or were you not? Because if you're anything like me and most of the women that I coach, we're not. We get bogged down by life. Things are hard. Things are frustrating. We get exhausted. We put up and we shut up because we don't want to deal with the fight or the situation or the conflict or whatever it is. And that can be okay. But then pretty soon three years have gone by and we've never spoken our truth. Or five years have gone by and we've never spoken our truth. Or ten years have gone by and we've never taken the time for ourselves because we've always been on the back burner. And then it's over. Then we're too old, or we're too sick, or something has happened, and all of a sudden we can't pursue our dreams. We can't do it anymore. Did you know (laughs) the number one regret of the dying is I wish I had the courage to live a life that was true to me? So that's what I'm talking about when I talk transformation. What would it be like if you transformed from somebody who always put yourself last to that person who had the courage to live the kind of life you wanted to live? Because what I want for you is for you to have the courage to live exactly the kind of life that you want to live. And, you know, one of the objections that I get sometimes is people will say, well, I would never be that selfish. 
not going to do that. I'm a mom. I'm a, I was a wife. I, I just want to be in a partnership. I've got family. I've got an important job. I need to serve others. It's really good to serve others. And here's what I'm going to say to that. Yes, and your heart is not a selfish heart. You are not a wicked, cruel, awful person. Living in a way where you reach your fullest potential does not mean that you're being mean and selfish and bad. Nobody ever dreams about a life where they ignore their children. Nobody ever wants to live this existence where they're not deeply connected to other people, where they don't have that beautiful give and take. Yes, in the moment, there is sometimes some sacrifice required, but that sacrifice is mutual. And if you were living into the full, full, fullest expression of who you are, if you are living to your full potential, I guarantee you are not selfish. You are not acting in ways that are not in service. Your potential is beautiful. It's a divine gift. It's who you are. Look at all of these great people on earth, whether it's Gandhi or Buddha or Jesus or Mohammed or or Mother Mary or Mother Teresa or like any of these amazing people. They did not say, I can't go do amazing things. I need to sit home and take care of things. They did not say, I don't want to be selfish and travel across the earth preaching. They traveled. They did the things. Because it was in their heart to do it and because they were loving things. Did they have people at home? Did they have family? Did they have other obligations that, I don't want to say that they needed to, that they sometimes had to neglect because that's not it. But sometimes they had to move away from all of those things that you, I, we get so locked into thinking that we can't not do. Wouldn't it be a shame if Mother Teresa never did the things that she did on this earth, the lives that she touched because she had to stay home and do laundry and take care of things? Oh my gosh, what a catastrophe. What if Jesus said, I can't go out and minister and preach because I need to stay home and chop wood and fuel the fire and do all the things that a man of my era is supposed to do. Living your purpose is not selfish. Living your purpose does not hurt other people. Yes, sometimes little sacrifices have to be made. There's a balancing. But I promise you, listening to your heart, leaning into your purpose is not selfish. And it's that message that we have been taught that it's selfish. It's that message that's the problem. It's that message that keeps us trapped. It's that message that keeps us stuck. It's that message that keeps us in that place of my number one regret, now that it's too late to do anything, is not having the courage to live the kind of life that I knew I was entitled and empowered to live. So let's talk about that transformation. How do you break out of that? How do you go, okay, I get it. How do you find the courage to do that? How do you, cre- how do you create the boundaries 
and the conversation around, wow, this is what I'm going to do. Because that's, that can be challenging. But that's where the gift of betrayal comes in. Your life has already been smashed. Your life has already been turned upside down. Your identity is something that you're already questioning. It's already been done for you. Before I did work with women facing infidelity and betrayal, I just did work with women who wanted to live a more rich, full life. I worked with women who felt burned out. They felt like something was missing. They didn't exactly know what to do, but they really wanted to just make a better life. And you know why they didn't? Without fail, the reason why they didn't was because they didn't want to disrupt things. They'd be like, oh my God, I love what you're saying. I love what you're doing, Laura. You were so brave, but I can't do that because I can't rock the boat. I love what you're doing, Laura. This makes so much sense. I totally know what my dream is, but I can't do that right now because I have kids at home. I can't do that right now because I've got college expenses coming up. I can't do that right now because I can't be working outside the home. I can't do that right now because, 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 because. And let me tell you, every excuse in the book all boiled back down to I can't disrupt things. I know what I want. Or I know that I don't want this. But I really can't disrupt my kids, my spouse, my partner, my family, my friends, my life. I can't disrupt my life right now. That was the number one thing that kept women stuck. And guess what? Your life has just been disrupted. That first step has been taken for you. That first hardest step has already been taken for you. Your life has already been disrupted. Your kids' lives have already been disrupted. Your family's life has been disrupted. Your identity has been disrupted. Your self-worth has been disrupted. Things are going to have to change. Wahoo! You don't have to disrupt anymore. That's a huge gift. And I want to take a moment just to like settle into that and be like, wow. My life has already been disrupted. That's the first step. The first step has already been taken for me and I didn't have to do it. And I don't know about you, but that feels kind of like a celebration. At least it's worthy of celebrating. It's scary because sometimes you're not ready. But it's already been taken for you. I don't know how many of you out there have talked about kids a couple times, but I don't know about how many of you out there have had kids and have had multiple kids. But when I went into the labor with my second one, I had a moment where I was like, oh, no, I don't, I, no, 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 no. I remember what this is like. And no, 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 I don't want to go here. I don't want to go. I, mm-hmm. And it's too late, obviously. But it's kind of like that moment. It's kind of that moment that you're in right now. You're in labor. The step has been taken. 
There's no backing out now. And just like labor, you've got those early stages where it's like, oh, I got to figure this out. And then you've got the transition phase and that transition phase is hard. I experienced the joys of natural childbirth. You can ask me about that one later. But transition is tough. Transition is tough even if you're using an epidural or whatever. Transition in labor is tough and it's called transition. Transition in your life is tough too. You're transitioning out of this vision of yourself and your marriage and your world. And now you're like, whoa, fall from innocence. Whoa, this is a lot. And everything is transitioning. Emotions, finances, maybe marital status, kids, homes, jobs, everything is tough. But after transition comes the pushing phase of labor and you push and you do it and you birth this amazing baby. So let's carry this analogy through. Whether you're in the early stages, whether you're in the chaos of transition, or whether you're pushing out and you're birthing that baby right now, you want to birth something new, right? You want to birth a new life. You don't want to birth nothing. You don't want to go through that and end up right where you were before. You want to create something new and better and beautiful. And with infidelity, you get to choose what you're birthing. And that's the best part. You get to choose what you are birthing. What kind of a life you are birthing? What kind of an identity you are birthing? You got to choose. And of course, if you want to choose to go back to exactly how it was, if you want to choose to going back to self-sacrifice, to martyrdom, to just being okay, to just barely hanging on, to just living for the weekend or waiting for vacation, that's entirely your choice. But what I want to say is this, you're entitled to more. You deserve more. And if you want more, I can absolutely show you how to get it. Because that first step has already been taken for you. The hard part is done. Now you just need to push through and run with it or decide to go back to where you came from. And the choice is yours. But I choose transformation. I choose alchemy. I choose me. So let's talk about transformation. Let's talk about alchemy. Let's talk about choosing me. The biggest part, I believe, of this whole transformation is our ability to, I like to say, know ourselves and show ourselves. You have to know what you want. You have to know who you are. And the first thing that I do with my people when I'm coaching, and the first thing that I encourage you to do is to turn inward, to take a deep dive into who you are and what you want. Because unless you know that, you don't know 
what to go after. You don't know what kind of a life you're moving into. And that's okay because like so many of us, we had beautiful big dreams as kids. We had beautiful dreams. And then we get a little hurt by life. We get a little disappointed by life. Things don't turn out the way that we thought we get, ding, 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 betrayed by life. And we slowly start shutting ourselves down. Slowly but surely, we start whittling back on what we want and who we are. And we listen to other people's judgments and opinions. And pretty soon over time, we are less and less of who we are. And we know less and less of what we want because we have settled. Well, it's not what I wanted to do, but it's a job and it pays the bills, so I'm settling. It's not the kind of relationship that I wanted, but we're comfortable and we have a place to live, so I'm settling. So the first step is really just figuring out, getting back in touch with who am I and what do I want? And I encourage you to just journal around that. To just write that question, who am I? And then just do a free write. And then on another page, write, what do I want? And just to do a free write. And when you ask yourself the questions, who am I and what do I want? State the answers in the positive. Because so many of us explain what we don't want. But we can't articulate what we do want. I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to be treated bad. I don't want to. I don't want to. Great. But what are you leaning into? Because whenever you focus on what you don't want, you're looking at what you don't want. I don't want that truck to hit me. I don't want that truck to hit me. See that truck? I'm staring at that truck and I don't want it to hit me. At some point, you've got to turn around and see where your safe spaces are. I can leap onto the sidewalk. I can run over here. What do you want? So who are you? I am kind. I am loving. I am playful. I am funny. I am committed and connected. What do I want? I want deep, authentic connection. I want playfulness. I want humor. I want love. State what you want as opposed to what you don't want. But here's the thing. That is only a part of it. So often, we as people, how to say this, we do the hard work. We have all the aha moments. We make all the connections. We're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I totally get it. I totally see it. This is this is my mother wound. This is my father wound. This is, you know, who somebody is. This is who I am, whatever it is. And we get it. We have those aha moments and we know ourselves. And then nothing changes. Nothing changes. And then we fall into this state of like, well, if I get this, why aren't things different? If I know how to manifest, why are the things that I'm trying to manifest not coming into my world? And it leads so many of us to feel like then 
okay, um, I'm not doing it right. I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm not, you know, what, whatever. And it's not that. It's not that you're not worthy. It's not that you're not doing it right or that this stuff just doesn't work. This stuff does work. You are doing it right and you are worthy. The problem is we have to shift how we show up. We have to shift how we project. We have to shift and make ourselves worthy and ready to receive. And what I mean by that is once you've done the work, once you've had the aha moment, once you've seen the light, then you are tasked with living differently. You can't just go back and start living the same way that you've always lived before. Once you understand something, once you're woke, (laughs) you have to live in accordance with how you now understand life. You can't just say, I get it. I get that my husband, mother, father, friend, whatever, has trauma, that they are damaged, that this is a trauma response, that it's not me, that it's them, and then go on doing things the same. You have to start now drawing a boundary around that. What does that mean for me? That means that I will no longer tolerate this behavior. That means I will no longer engage with people who blah, 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 blah. It's that next level. It's that leveling up. And that's where we get stuck because it's hard to make changes. And going back to what I was saying originally, betrayal can be such a gift because it destroys your life. And most of us are not strong enough to have destroyed our life in the first place. So now we're in that place of destruction and now we start learning, and now we start growing, and now we start healing, and now we start, and now we start, and now we start. And that's wonderful. But now comes that next hurdle, and that's, how do I live in accordance to that? I said earlier, know yourself and show yourself. Those are like my two, the two things that I say always, know yourself. You know, like I said, do the journal prompts, figure some things out, read books, do coaching. That's half of my coaching that I do. I work with women, my favorite way to work with women. I mean, I I do see people on one-offs, but my favorite way to work with women is during a six-month program. Because for about the first half of that six months, you're figuring out who you are. You are really getting in touch with your core values and how you want your life to be and how you want to feel and show up. And then the second half of that six months is the second piece of the puzzle. And that is, how do I show up? How do I do it? What are the steps that I take to create a firm boundary? How do I communicate in a way that my boundary is heard and that it feels good for me and for others? And what do I do when that boundary is violated? Because it will be violated. And how do I actually set up and structure my life in a way that's healthy and comfortable for me? And that's hard to do. For instance, nobody likes getting yelled at. 
Nobody likes being degraded or, you know, yelled at or treated with disrespect. So we can say, yeah, I know that about myself. I don't like it. I don't deserve it. I'm tired of putting up with it. It's it's a new boundary. It's It's who I am and it's what I deserve. And it's like, yay, you're totally right. And then we say, I'm not going to put up with it. And my question is, what does that mean? What does that mean I'm not going to put up with it? What are you going to do? Because now you've decided that. You created that boundary. I am no longer going to be yelled at or disrespected. I'm no longer going to be treated this way. I'm done tolerating it. Okay. Who do you need to communicate that boundary to? Do you need to communicate it to a current partner, a former partner, family members, a boss, a coworker? Who in your life do you need to communicate that boundary to? Because making the decision in your head is a start, but it's not where the rubber meets the road. And I am all about the rubber meeting the road. So once you've set that as a boundary, you have to figure out, who do I communicate this boundary to? Who is the person that disrespects me, that yells me, yells at me? And then what does it really mean to communicate that boundary? Because when we communicate the boundary from a place of fear, it's not that effective. When we communicate it from a place of asking, would you, would you mind if we don't do this anymore because it really makes me feel bad and I really don't want you to, blah, blah. That's a more optional place and that's not going to go well too. Especially if the person it has kind of some narcissistic tendencies and they realize they hurt you, then they're going to want to lean more into hurting you, which is sick and twisted, but it's also the truth. So how are you going to communicate this boundary in a way that it's heard? How are you going to stand in your power? How are you going to use I statements, which are a form of communication where you take ownership over who you are and what you want? How are you going to communicate that in a way that is not asking, but is telling from a place of power and also not from a place of threat or manipulation, not power over, but power through yourself. Because again, whenever we are perceived as doing the power over somebody, you can't do this to me and I'm not going to stand up for it. And you've done this to me. You're not going to do that. I'm not going to take it. That's not powerful or effective either. Communicating your boundary in an effective way means really tuning into your heart, your essence. And at a time when the other person is calm, in a good space, communicating. I do not like the way I feel inside when I'm yelled at. It reminds me of a time when I used to be in trouble when I was little. And as an adult, I choose to not feel that way again because it's not pleasant. Going forward, anytime I start feeling that way 
anytime I start feeling afraid or bad inside or whatever it is, I'm going to, going to remove myself from the situation. I'm going to disengage. I'm going to smile inside. And I'm going to walk away because I need to keep myself safe. And I want to keep myself safe. And I choose to keep myself from feeling that way. And the intent doesn't matter. What matters is how I feel inside. And I choose never to feel that way again. So whenever I do, I'm just going to leave. You have just declared, you have just stated. And I used a lot of I used a lot of descriptors there intentionally because I really wanted you to um to see kind of the full range of it. And you don't need to use that part. It reminds me of a time when if somebody is not empathetic and they don't care, then sometimes that can just give them power over you. But if somebody does care and you let them know, it reminds me of a time when. It reminds me of the time when somebody died, when I was little and got in trouble, right before I lost my job, right before an accident. If somebody's empathetic, you can use that key piece that it reminds me of a time when. And I don't choose to feel that way again. I choose to take action to protect myself. I notice that you're not asking another person to change their behavior. You're not telling them to change their behavior. You're saying nothing about them and their behavior. They can continue to yell or berate or criticize. They can do whatever they want to do. It's just that you're not going to be there to receive that. And that's where the power of that boundary lies. That's that communication of the boundary that is effective. You're not at their mercy. You can tell them to do whatever they want or not. And they're not going to do it. All you're doing is communicating what you're going to do. And if they are a person with empathy, you're communicating why. And that's it. And that's where the rubber meets the road. And then whenever you notice that feeling coming up in you, whenever you notice like you're getting defensive or angry or you're feeling berated or like a child or icky inside, all you need to do and I say all you need to do like it's easy because it's hard, (laughs) is do what you said you were going to do. It's plan your work and work your plan. Planning your work, planning what you're going to say, knowing this is who I am is first. Knowing this is how I don't want to feel. This is what I don't want to experience. This is what I don't want to be around. I I don't like being around a certain kind of foul language. I am fine when cussing happens kind of in a cheeky way or a well-placed F-bomb is totally fine because sometimes you're like, yeah, that's exactly it. But when people are like angry, stream of profanity, cussing, ew, it makes me feel bad. And I can leave that situation. I don't need to stand there and take it. And I don't care who's dishing it out. Again, whether it's a boss or a family member or a coworker or somebody in the community, ew, leave. Because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to feel it. I don't want to experience it. Same thing with horror movies or any kind of violence on TV. 
I can't take it. It makes me feel awful. I think about it forever. It's It hurts. It really hurts me. I'm really empathetic and it hurts. So if there's something that I really want to watch, like I loved Game of Thrones. There's a lot of violence in there. But I love the story. But I literally would cover my eyes. Sometimes I would close my eyes and plug my ears and I'd tell my husband, tell me when it's done. Because I need to protect myself. I don't choose to watch war movies because they bother me. The rest of my family will watch a war, uh, a war movie and I'll be like, nope, you can tell me the story later. I don't choose to watch it because I don't like the way that I feel, so I don't go to the theater. We'll have family movie night and I'll be upstairs reading because I don't choose to put myself in that situation. And I'm not telling them don't watch the movie. I'm not telling them don't go to the theater. You can't because I don't want you to. I'm saying, you do what you do, but I've got to do me. And sometimes we make a bigger deal out of this whole boundary thing than we should. We think it's about somebody else and our control over them, and it's not. It's just about what we're going to do. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about transformation. It's not about healing and going back to the way things always were. It's not about having a bunch of aha moments and understanding it and then return, returning to life as you know it. It's about transforming into a new kind of person, into a stronger kind of a person, into a healthier kind of person. It's about creating new relationships. It's about showing up differently. It's about new habits. It's about taking all of those understandings that you have gleaned through this process and doing life differently. One thing that I share in my nurture sequence, and if you're not on my nurture sequence, oh my gosh, you totally need to be on my nurture sequence. It's a five-day email series with just five short emails. Some are a little bit longer, but they're still pretty short. And it really goes through the story of transformation so you can see for yourself what transformation might look like, how you get on my nurture sequence, is you go to betrayalrecoveryguide.com, betrayalrecoveryguide.com, and you put in your name and your email. And when you do, you'll get a downloaded copy of my Betrayal Recovery Guide, and you will also get kickstarted in that nurture sequence, and you'll get these five emails that really talk about that transformation. Because that's what I want most for you is the ability to walk away after this experience doing life the way you want to do, doing life the way you wanted to do all along, but didn't know how or lost touch with doing. And that's what transformation is about. That is the huge blessing of this betrayal. So, that's what I want for you. And right here, right now, I want you to kind of think through that process and figure out where you're stuck. Are you stuck in knowing who you are and what you want? Journaling can help you get there. Working with me or a different coach or therapist can help you get there. Talking to friends can help you get there. Then 
once you know who you are and what you want, what are the boundaries and behaviors you have to implement? What are the rules for your life that you need to implement? Who do you need to communicate those rules to? And do you need to learn how to communicate them better? And then what are you going to do when those rules are breached or violated? Where do you get stuck in that process? Reach out and let me know where you get stuck. Because what I'd like to do is do some more shows based on where you get stuck. If it's in, you know, the figuring yourself out phase, if it's in the communication of the boundaries phase, if it's in taking action after the boundaries are violated phase, I'd love to do a show on that. So reach out, same thing, betrayalrecoveryguide.com. You'll be on my email. Then you can just hit reply, laura at laurachetel.com. You can hit reply and let me know where you get stuck. And then I can start addressing that here on the show. I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope you are more clear right now on the difference between healing and transforming. And I hope you feel inspired and empowered to take this poop sandwich that was given to you and to truly use it as a catalyst for transformation because I know for me in my life, the transformation has truly been miraculous. And I know you are capable and deserving of a miraculous transformation as well. Have an amazing week, betrayalrecoveryguide.com. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are, because who you are is always more than enough. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated. I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time, and for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to flaunt, create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal listeners. 
you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash flaunt. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash flaunt, F-L-A-U-N-T. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com.